0: Entitled Boss makes me run a department alone, so I quit around the holidays. I, 37 female, was working at a homegrown company for 15 years. I first started off as a sales associate and made my way up the corporate ladder. After six months, I was working as a salesman. I got promoted to assistant supervisor, then supervisor, followed by a branch manager, and then area manager after that. Several years later, the head of marketing department, who was the owner's wife, decided to recruit me to their team. I decided to give it a go since I was already feeling burnt out at the sales department. I asked my direct boss, Debbie, for her approval and to let her know that an offer was given to me. She wasn't given a heads up by the bosses, by the way. They just decided to talk to me directly. Anyways, she gave me the go-ahead signal and I got the job in the marketing department as a graphic designer and I was happy for a while. Although I got to work directly under the owner's wife, let's call her Brenda, who had a lot of episodes of shouting and throwing stuff at us when she didn't like the ideas we presented to her, I sucked it up because I actually liked my coworkers. She was just so terrifying to work with that we felt happy whenever she wasn't around and we felt even more productive when she wasn't breathing down our necks. Whenever Brenda wasn't around, the head of HR department, let's call her Lizzie, would make it her personal business that we were all in our seats doing work-related stuff and not talking. She would also point out stuff in our office saying papers needed to be put away or turning on all the lights despite us saying we prefer to be working in dim lighting. Just some irritating things that ticked you off, but we carried on. Cue the pandemic. Remember when I said I was a graphic designer? Well, this is when everything became hell. We first worked from home and we used WeChat for our logins. Aside from chatting in, we were also required to send selfies out of ourselves in our workstation to Lizzie. No problem. A small thing to do before we work on our tasks. Everything was fine and dandy despite all the backhanded comments that Lizzie was saying. Whether it was true that we are in our workstations or we could be outside. She claimed that she had seen several of us at the grocery store during her leave, but never said who it was. So we just shrugged it off. I never left my house anyways, since I was living with my grandparents, my mother, my sister, and her toddler, plus an infant. When we were asked to return to the office, resignation letters came one after the other in my department until basically I was the only one left. Everybody got scared to go outside since the vaccines weren't available yet as of this time. Since I was the only one left in my department, I was given the task of updating the website, despite not knowing anything about it. Managing all social media pages, all 20 of them, doing the layouts for all the social media channels, doing the product shoots to sell them online, assisting online customers, ringing up their purchases, performing the ad hoc cashier tasks, going to the nearest courier to ship them out, it's a 20 minute walk from our office, and doing all the main pages live selling. From a six person team, it became just one person doing all the tasks. I know what you're thinking, why didn't I just resign right there and then? My mother was laid off from her job as a restaurant manager And my sister's husband who works overseas had to cut back his hours due to the skeletal staffing they had to be placed under just so no one would get laid off at their company so my income along with my sister's husband's monthly deposits was the only money sustaining us for the time being I barely take any breaks and most of my tasks were being left undone due to the high volume of orders we had been getting online I still made sure to do other tasks during my off-peak hours but I kept my phone on me more frequently as customer inquiries aren't dwindling down Brenda promised she'd get someone else from other departments to help me out but no one came Lizzie told me someone is coming soon but still nobody came during this time Brenda never went back to the office since she was afraid of being exposed and exposing her twins both still toddlers and her mother-in-law who was a germaphobe so she asked Debbie to step in to supervise me now Debbie was a great supervisor during my time with the sales team she gave me stellar reviews and I always passed our evaluations with flying colors this time however She seemed out to save her own skin since she was from the sales team. She'd look for other people to blame for lower sales. She, along with Lizzie, mentored me and played good cop and bad cop. Now, remember, I was already doing the jobs of a whole department. I was a single person doing a six person job, never received any bonuses or salary raise. I was earning just a little over $200 per month. I'm not in the US, but if I convert my salary to dollars, it's about that much. During this time, they hired a new person to do the website. Let's call him IT. So updating the website was already off my hands. They decided to give this guy a salary of $600. $600 to take a single task off my hands. I was hurt. I've been with the company longer and worked my butt off and did not even receive a $50 salary increase. They made me decide to start looking for a better paying job where I would be appreciated more. Now this IT guy looked up to me since I was older than him and also have been with the company longer than him. We became friends. I did not hold a grudge against him for getting a bigger paycheck than me since it wasn't his fault. Lizzie thought that they would have him spy on me, but instead he became my inside guy. He would tell me that whenever I would leave my workstation to get water or relieve myself, Lizzie would immediately come and look for me. I know he's telling the truth since it has been confirmed by both myself and our other colleagues. One time I went to the comfort room and Lizzie followed me to make sure I was only going to the comfort room and not somewhere else to play hooky. I was told several times from others that she was looking for me and when I would go to her office to ask if she needed anything since they told me she had been looking for me, she'd only say, oh nothing, I don't need it anymore. Take note that this would happen more than once a day. One day, Debbie sat me down and asked me what was up and why I haven't been performing my tasks very well. I stared at her and surely she couldn't be serious. Uh, excuse me? Brenda and Lizzie are concerned because you've been performing poorly. The social media pages are a mess and they haven't been updated. Have you forgotten that aside from my old tasks that I had, I have been doing more now that I'm basically alone in the department? I have more tasks under my belt than I can manage. Yes, yes, I did tell them about that. It's just that, well, they are also concerned that you have been going out a lot. Yes, to deliver the items our customers order to the carrier since we're not qualified for pickup. Debbie grimaced at this point. Uh, Lizzie actually saw you in an establishment that's not the carrier. Where? At the pharmacy? Well, pardon me for buying medicine for my headache instead of calling in sick for the day. Oh, I see, I see. I guess she misunderstood. Okay, don't worry about the additional staff. Lizzie is currently interviewing applicants to replace those who left your department. After hearing this, I felt horrible. I felt like I had CCTV on me at all times. I even felt that going downstairs to get water was a crime i was truly miserable but all of my job searches were turning up nil it guy was the one doing the meetings with the other departments now since i was too busy with the online orders one time he told me of this conversation between brenda and another department head the boss's sister sam who is debbie's boss why aren't the pages being updated i don't know that's op's job is she not working she says she's busy why what is she busy with I don't know. Brenda says this in a sing-song voice while looking down at her nails. This was later confirmed to me by Lizzie's assistant, who is one of my work best friends, and all my former teammates from the sales department who were present during the meeting. I made a lot of friends on the sales team and they remained loyal to me since most of the existing supervisors and assistant supervisors were trained by me. But boy, was I mad. Now, during the pandemic, we were required to fill out a form listing all of the tasks that we worked on. We would tick them off or put a note beside it if it was still in progress, disapproved, approved, etc. We also had weekly meetings, which I attended all the time. Just to let them know what i had been working on and brenda would add new tasks for me there was no way she wouldn't know what i was working on this spurred me to look for another job fast now during this time i was able to get a part-time job where i worked four hours a day but still received twice my monthly salary this allowed me to save up for a good computer so i could pursue my dream of being free of shackles that bound me to a miserable job I bought myself a computer. Companies began hiring more once I started sending out resume after resume. As soon as I got home late in the evening, I was job hunting. I finally got accepted into a foreign company that paid me in dollars. I was offered more than thrice my previous salary because of my skills. Now to start my revenge. I did not submit my resignation just until I had a job offer signed and sealed. I made sure to cover all the bases. Come a few days before Christmas, the job offer was finally in my inbox. I was only two happy to sign it and send it back to the new company. Christmas morning I gave my two weeks notice to Brenda, CC'd Lizzie, and Debbie. I did not hear anything from them until the day after Christmas. Debbie called me. I don't recall the exact conversation we had except I just told her that I had been offered a job with a higher salary. She did ask me if I'd be interested in staying if they matched the salary offer to which I replied no because I don't need to work in a toxic environment where I'm constantly being watched and scrutinized by the head. She also told me that Brenda was panicking and was shouting at Lizzie telling her to do something to make me stay They both thought it was the best idea to have Debbie talk to me before doing anything Anyway, I told her that my mind was made up, which she respected, and told me that we'll have to see each other a week after the New Year. Now for my two weeks notice, I specified that they'd be covering all holidays, so by the time we went back to work, I only had several days left to turn over everything. On my last day, we had a Zoom call with Brenda, where I told all my colleagues goodbye and wished them well. Lizzie jokingly asked me, You really won't change your mind? Is that your final answer? No, I won't change my mind. I don't see any problem with leaving since apparently I haven't been doing anything. The look on Brenda's face was priceless. I smiled at her and proceeded to walk to our server where we log out. I left the building with a spring in my step and my shoulders felt like a huge boulder had been lifted off of them. My mother and sister even commented that I seemed happier now since I got back to singing and whistling and dancing in my chair while working. Now, all my friends gave me updates once in a while. Lizzie's assistant tells me that several people were hired to do all my tasks and that Brenda has been feeling frustrated. She had been asking other people who were in charge of things and she always fumed whenever they would tell me that I was the one in charge. But let me know. Am I the jerk? I don't know about you, but I was freaking out the moment I heard this OP said that they were getting paid $200 for all the work they were doing. Even with them not living in America. But this story goes to show you that it doesn't matter what company or field you work in. When people quit, management will always dump more tasks on people and never get them help. This happened countless times at my old job until I refused to do more work without getting paid more. My refusal lasted a few months until they finally decided to open up some new lead positions that would pay respectable wages. I've said this a million times on the jerk channel. Know your worth when it comes to working for a company. Most see you as a number and easily replaceable. So make sure you're happy where you work or the stress might just eat you alive. Boss says I have to scan packages before I load them, then gets mad when I refuse to load unscanned packages. First things first, a little backstory. I work as a package handler at a large hub facility of a well-known shipping company, spending many days loading residential delivery trucks. The packages come with a special barcode on the side, as well as small spot labels that allow someone to see the address and which truck they go on. We used to have small scanners that would scan the barcodes in order to ensure that we didn't put the packages on the wrong trucks, or get a package that didn't belong, as sometimes the labels could get lost or packages could get the wrong spot label. The truck is even fitted with a small door with side sensors. So if you scan a package and try to walk into a truck where it doesn't belong, the scanners would start whining. Now let's move on to the main antagonist of the story, Alan, my former supervisor. Alan is a short skinny guy with a thin mustache and is a micromanager at the highest degree. He always walked up and down the trucks to watch us work. Also watched us from a distance and close by with his arms crossed to get us to work faster. Always constantly told us to grab all of our packages as they came to us, despite the fact that they go around on a moving conveyor belt that literally loops them back if we miss them. He always told us to load up our largest packages as soon as we get them, even though it makes it harder to move through the trucks and place other packages on the shelves and had the tendency to hop into a worker's truck to move packages around the right way, AKA his way. I can go on and on about Alan, but today I'm here to vent about one of these events or we would be here all day. So anyways, Alan had me and all the other package handlers of our area in a group texting chat in order to tell us our start times for the next shift, as well as to compare our work speeds to each other via our scanning count. I assume to make us feel bad and work harder, but we don't really care. Around that time, the number of packages we missed loaded onto our trucks, as we call it, and ever since, Alan has been adding this to the group messages that we can scan every package and make sure that we aim for zero misload. Annoying, but nothing too serious, at least I thought. So one day I was working on the belt as usual and my scanner suddenly decides to screw up on me as they tend to do if I smack it or if the battery comes loose. I go to Alan and ask him if he could help me fix it or give me a new one to use. Instead he takes it and tells me to keep loading my truck without the scanner and just to use the labels on the packages. This isn't really allowed and instead I choose to stack the packages in front of the trucks so I can scan them once I get a new scanner. Alan eventually comes down and tells me just to load them into the trucks normally and stop stacking. Frustrated I just shrug and do it to try to avoid any real conflict. That evening Alan messages the group and lists our speeds with me at the bottom and is once again spouting on that we need to make sure we are scanning our packages before loading them and even comes to talk to me the next day about a number of misloads I'm angry of course as he is the one to tell me but at that point I was still fairly new to the job and didn't feel comfortable arguing with the supervisor so I just try to continue on with my work with the mental note of always scanning my packages no matter what so he can't pull this again unaware that this would be my malicious compliance later on fast forward a few months later Alan is leaving for real estate and is training one of the package handlers to be his replacement before he leaves. By that time, I am fed up with all the micromanaging and pestering and can't wait for him to be gone it's about the final week of his employment that i'm working the belt and once again my scanner frigs up and stops working i hand it over to alan once again and just like before as if he never cared about scanning he tells me to keep loading the trucks i smile to myself and nod so i continue stacking my packages in front of my trucks waiting for a new scanner to arrive not long after alan comes back with the trainee at his side he asked me what i'm doing and i tell him that i'm stacking my packages once more he tells me to keep loading my trucks and this time i talk back telling him I'm not loading them without a scanner. I have to admit, at this time, I was done with Alan and I let my anger get the better of me, raising my voice and getting a bit snarky as I have very hard time dealing with anger, especially after dealing with this crap for so long. The trainee tries to settle the situation and tells me to keep just stacking and they'll get me a new scanner right away, but is interrupted by Alan telling me once again to load my trucks, this time louder. I flatly respond no, and this goes back and forth like this for nearly half a minute before I eventually tell him to go get it in writing because I'm not getting fired over this. Remember, we are not supposed to load a package without scanning it and can indeed get in trouble if they can prove that we did it intentionally. This seems to get him even more mad, but he eventually tries to pull a head supervisor card. He asked me if he should go get the head supervisor to try and intimidate me, I guess. I wasn't able to chuckle in my anger, but I just told him to go ahead and get him. Him and the trainee walked off with him storming down the belt. A few minutes later, the trainee comes back with the scanner in hand, apologizing and telling me just to get back to work. I didn't see Alan for the rest of the day, and if memory serves me right, the rest of the week as well. Sorry if this is not an explosive as some of the other posts, but this was just my first real malicious compliance. And to any supervisors reading this, please just let us do our freaking jobs, but let me know. Am I the jerk? I'm not gonna lie, I hate working with people that need to have things done their way. Like, I'm guilty of having my own ways of working, but I wouldn't push my ways of working onto others. Unless their ways were ridiculously slow or hurt production. My mindset is always, as long as the job gets done right and on time, I don't care how it gets done. But sometimes supervisors feel the need to push their ways on others because I guess it makes them feel useful, but who knows. Let me tell you about the time I pissed off my base commander. When I was 20, I got drafted into the army. I live in the Netherlands and this happened in the 80s. I got trained to be an ambulance driver. Two months of general training, learned how to drive a Land Rover and two months of medical training. After that, I was ready to take on any medical emergency that came my way. After my training, I got placed in staff support platoon, a mismatch of different roles that are there to support the higher army staff in whatever they needed. Make coffee, admin, drive them around, tech support, etc. I was their ambulance driver. It was pretty helpful when we were at war, but there was no use for me during the peacetime. After I got settled on base, where I got stationed, I was called in by my lieutenant. I had been volunteered to work at a small local military post on our base. I was okay with it, as it gave me something to do during the time I had to serve in the army. It was a small post with a clinic, one permanent doctor and one drafted right out of medical school, and several other grunts like me. Downstairs was our clinic and a few rooms to treat patients. Upstairs, about 12 beds for patients who were sick, but not bad enough that they had to go to a real hospital. We worked at the clinic and took care of the patients upstairs, and maybe two or three times a week, I had to pull out the ambulance for use. More often than not, for a planned trip to transport a patient to or from an actual hospital. I started with the rank of soldier, and I was expected to end my one-year career at the rank of corporal. As you can imagine from the title, that never happened. I did not hate working at the post. On the contrary, I actually felt like I did something useful. And while I was stationed at the post, I learned many practical medical skills while having other soldiers to practice on. But it was a waste of my time. I wanted to start my IT career. And this was holding me back. I also didn't care much about the hierarchy or the ranks. I respected my fellow army men and women for who they were, their actions, and how they treated others. Not by the number of bars or stars and stripes. And being an actual medic on our base, I got away with that. We had no roll calls. I slept in a two-person bedroom instead of the 12-person one my platoon mates had to use. No inspections, no military training, and wearing white instead of green. Anyways, on to the malicious compliance. I was tending to a patient at the medical clinic. He and his buddy had walked into a door, their words, and it had a glass window that shattered and cut them both up. One pretty bad, and the other was treated by our doctor in one of the other rooms as he needed quite a few stitches. I had to stay in the clinic, and as the other soldier only had minor cuts, I treated him on the spot. As no other medical staff was available at the time, the slightly larger cuts I glued shut. For others, a band-aid would suffice. He was sitting in one of the chairs and I was on one knee in front of him, taking care of the cut on his leg as I heard somebody walk into the clinic. Without looking up, I was holding a glued cut together with my fingers until it had set. I politely asked to please have a seat and that I would be right with them. Do you know who I am? I am the base commander, Colonel So-and-so. Yes, he actually said that. I can still hear it in my head 35 years later. His booming, indignant voice, full of air on how important he was. I was not impressed at all, mostly annoyed by his attitude and told him, Congratulations, please have a seat. I'll get to you once I'm finished treating the cuts I'm working on. This was not what he wanted to hear. He started chewing me out. Finally, I was done with the cut and let go of my fingers and got up. Ignoring his barrage, I asked him how I could help. I need to speak with the doctor. I have an appointment. Okay, so not an emergency. I explained to the colonel that the doctor was treating a patient who needed urgent medical attention and that he would have to wait until the doctor finished his treatment. He is having none of it and tells me he does not have the time to wait, then orders me to tell the doctor that he has a 3 p.m. appointment and is waiting for him. I knew the doctor would drop everything and be running to the colonel if he got wind of who was actually in the waiting room. He didn't have much of a spine, and his career was primarily based on the colonel's input and assessment of him. But the colonel had given me an order, so I had to do it. So I went to the treatment room and put my head in. The doctor was busy stitching up a more injured soldier, and I complied with the colonel's order. Doctor, your 3 p.m. appointment has arrived. The doctor, not realizing or remembering who his 3 p.m. appointment was, told me irritably to have the patient wait until. he was finished and that it could be another 5 to 10 minutes. He repeated what he told me several times before to only disturb him for emergencies. I go back to the colonel and tell him that the doctor is still busy treating the patient and would be available in about 10 minutes. The colonel was not happy and told me to go get the doctor now. I told the colonel that I had explicit instructions to only disturb the doctor in case of emergency and this appointment was not an emergency. He would have to wait. He grumbled, but in the end sat down till the doctor arrived. He started berating the doctor about how precious his time was and how he had made him wait. The doctor apologized and almost groveled as they moved into the doctor's office. I had to go upstairs for something and the colonel had already left after I got down. I did get a good ear washing from the doctor telling me that I should have mentioned to him that it was the colonel who was waiting for him. I argued that it shouldn't have mattered who was waiting if he was treating a patient, who was bleeding all over the place, and that he told me himself that he could only be disturbed for emergencies as you might imagine i never got that promotion to corporal or even soldier first class oh well but let me know am i the jerk i would have never cut it in the military i'm so much like the op i don't do well with orders from other people who think they're important just because of rank i prefer to judge people off their personality and actions also much like the op I'm pretty sure I would have done exactly what they did in this situation. People who need help should come before those who have valuable time. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright-free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.